Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast, and I'm Nico Lapalusa, your host. Thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year. I know this episode is airing mid to late January, but I want to wish you all a very happy new year. I hope this new year is going well for you, and I hope your intentions or whatever you set for this new year, uh, you find a way to check back into those intentions as often as you can uh, to make them come uh, true. And I just uh, celebrated New Year's. Uh, we were we're recording this on the the second one two two zero two one January second twenty twenty one and this past week we um I had some I had some friends over and all my dreams came true all all my dreams. We're unfolding in a moment better than I could have even written them. A couple episodes ago, I was speaking my intentions out loud. This episode, I was on some mushrooms. And um, look, you just can't, you can't write some stuff. There's such a beauty, like, getting people together and just the right amount of structure, but also just completely letting go and, and just allowing the group to, when you, when you're with the right people, just the best things come up. And it's, it's not no structure. It's not nothing. Like I, I love hosting. I really love hosting things. I love, um, what is it about hosting? You know, I like getting the house ready. It gives me little things to think about, like um, little Easter eggs, if you will, to plant around the house, like little treats and unexpected pleasures for the guests to have. So I like to... um you know, make special food that I wouldn't normally make. Um, you know, set up an activity that it might not even be. Get. I've set up a few things for the people to come through, and some of them didn't get used. But I like setting them up and just opening up that avenue, that opportunity. So people came through and. Um, they ended up spending the night. So they came through on the 31st and it was just a lot of good food. We set up, we, I made a stew. This stew is so fun. This stew, I love this stew. I'm going to share this stew. This episode starts with a stew is brought to you by beef stew. And it's, it's worth, it's a worthwhile, it's a worthwhile recipe. So hang in there. And it's a Bordeaux. I don't, I'm not a chef, but I've worked in some kitchens. And I worked in a commercial kitchen recently um, with a proper chef. And they gave me this recipe. It's more, it wasn't like a recipe as much as like principles of stew. 
So I, I used to just make a stew by taking raw th- like components, raw vegetables, raw meat, and throwing them in a crock pot. I'm like, well, if I just cook it slow enough, the meat will be tender and everything will be good. But, you know, the potatoes never kind of got there. The vegetables never kind of got there and the meat ended up being chewy. So what this chef told me to do is you take each component and you can sear, like the meat, for example, you put a sear on it. The vegetables, you put a pan fry on it. The potatoes, of course, you can put a fry on it. And you season all of the components individually and you, and you add them to the crock pot one at a time. So this stew is so simple and the time is about a half hour. So potatoes and onions, caramelize, you caramelize the onions and you fry the potatoes, salt, pepper, maybe some garlic powder that goes in the crock pot. I take the meat. Now here's the tricky part <laughs> is, uh, I'm laughing cause this is definitely not a, a, a cooking podcast, but I think you'll like this. You take the meat and you put a coat of flour. So you have a bowl of flour and salt. The seasoning is in there. So you let the meat get to room temperature. You pull it out. You salt the meat. And then you roll it in flour just to get a flour on the outer the coat. It has some of your seasoning. I just did what I do. Just salt, salt, pepper, and flour. And then you pan fry the meat. You don't cook it through. You just sear it all the sides. And then you throw that in the crock pot. A cup of red wine. It doesn't have to be a cup. I don't know these measurements. A Bordeaux has red, cooks with red wine. So red wine, olive oil, tomato paste. Some beef broth. Because I wanted to bring the liquid level up a little bit. That's it. I threw carrot. I sauteed some carrots and I threw them in there too, just for shits. And I cooked it for seven hours on low in a crock pot. That's, that's the beautiful thing is like, once you do all that, like preparation, it just cooks and gets better and better and better over the course of time. So that's my beef stew recipe (laughs) and i recommend you try it man it's so fucking good it's so good so we had a beef stew made some mulled wine mulled wine is basically wine with some spices in it my dad made ribs so just really good food we had some vegetarian sides and stuff for people and it's the kind of group, you know, there I I had nerves before before people arrived. I don't know what that is. It, it almost felt like a ceremony where before people came over there was like I guess anxiety. But I couldn't like pinpoint where or why or how I'd been looking forward to to them coming over for like a month or two. We planned it. So the anxiety was like, it didn't, it almost didn't feel like my own. 
felt like I was feeling people's anxiety, like driving to my house. I know that's it's hard to prove or like conceptualize logically, but it really didn't feel like my own anxiety. I felt ready to like to see these people. I've we've all been together like at parties before and uh, have known each other decently long. Like the, most people have come over here a couple times already. So, and that was part of the beauty because once people got here, the anxiety like was completely dissipated and it was just, it seemed so effortless. Conversation was just nice. There was no, there was no struggle pretty much the whole night. It's just easy conversation, easy people to be around, laughter. It was the kind of crowd that like you could dance. I don't know if I'm getting more brave or if I was comfortable around these people or a little bit of both, but like if you wanted to bust out a dance solo, you know, you could do it. No one would make a big thing about it or someone might even join you. Oh, fuck. We, so we were dancing after we ate and a soul train started happening which was like a dream of mine without cultural appropriating, you know. You know, what is, what's up with cultural appropriation? I kind of want to unpack cultural appropriation right now. Not that Soul Train is the perfect, um, I don't know, it's not like the perfect, Soul Train might not be the best example you know, is there a difference between people, white people and non-African American people of color dancing Soul Train compared to like white people with dreads, dreadlocks, or some of the tattoos I have, I have Arabic tattooed on my body and I'm not Arabic. I just don't fully get cultural appropriation and and particularly as the world is is more and more connected there's more and more physical evidence for the connection of the world i.e. the internet um you know the invention of the airplane the invention of the camera right being able to see different parts of the world without visiting them it's like What's where's the line between cultural appropriation and inspiration? I'm am I I'm bound, I'm locked into the expression of my ancestors. That doesn't seem adaptive. That doesn't seem like a way to survive. And and as we know, or as I know, and I think you do too, it's not the strongest and it's not the smartest animal that survives species that survives it's it is the most adaptable and humans are definitely not the strongest right we can look at our primate brothers and sisters our cousins and i think a chimpanzee which is shorter in stature than us maybe the same weight lifts five times as much as us the average chimp lives five times as much as like a strong man so we're not the strongest, the smartest, I think in a way, I, smartest, uh, 
it doesn't help my thesis, which is the most adapt being most adaptable is the most advantageous for uh, procreation. But I think our intelligence is social intelligence. Our intelligence is is adaptability. And maybe I'm not doing any doing us any favors by comparing things like intelligence and adaptability and strength. Like I'm isolating them and comparing them. My my point is being adaptable is is really is key. I think it's the reason we we made we've made it. Like it's the reason we've been able to humans, Homo sapiens, we can live anywhere in the world. That's adaptability. And a fair bit of intelligence. Okay, so we don't know. So, you know, being intelligent, strong, and adaptable seems to be the most important things. <laughs> but to see someone's culture. Now, how about this? Maybe the line for cultural appropriation is if I'm making if I'm making money from another person's culture, that feels like appropriation in a sense. If I'm making money from someone's culture and not recontributing back to the culture, that feels a little... You might be able to sell me on that one as being wrong, if you will. But, you know, that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to people's hairstyles then. Like how many white people who have dreadlocks or cornrows are making money from that? I've seen like UFC fighters put cornrows in their hair, but that seems like a more of a utilitarian functional thing. I guess they or they have to shave their head. They can't have long hair and fight. I just I just need I need more on cultural appropriation. It seems like a reason for people to be upset. It feels like a reason for people to say, "Well, that's mine, therefore it's not yours." And it, it feels like more of the same. It feels like fighting fire with fire because okay, like oh, white people who have taken, who have colonized, who have said, hey, this is mine, even though it's not. White people are the most famous examples of, of colonialism, but not the only examples um, so to combat that by saying, okay, well, you know, tattoos are not, are not of your culture, white people. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to, I'm, I, if I'm, if I'm being honest with myself, I think it's more healthy to share in creative expression as much as possible. I think allowing for the most diversity, celebrating, I think the celebration of diversity is ultimately a form of unity. Because things tend to become their opposites when taken to the extreme. So we need to celebrate diversity for uni in unity's sake. 
so where is cultural appropriation wrong would be like exploitation. Exploitation, I think, is different. I think fighting cultural appropriation, creative expression, is not getting at the root of what you're even trying to say. And I don't think it protects culture. I don't think it protects... I think awareness it does a, awareness education does a better job at protecting culture than than not allowing someone else to enjoy. I don't know. I don't know. So we did Soul Train. We danced the Soul Train. <laughs> we did it, and you know what? It was a dream I've had from for a long time. I loved watching Soul Train as a child. It was before my time, but it would it would come on. When, when would it come on? It would come on like infomercials would sell Soul Train records and like CDs in the 90s. And I just watching the people dance and something about the format, people lining up, creating a tunnel and like supporting it with movement. And yeah, like observing. And then the, and then if you don't know what Soul Train is, which you do, there's a line on each side, people facing each other, they're separated about 10, 5, 10 feet, and they're facing inward, creating this kind of hallway of people. Whoever's at the top or the, you know, the top of the soul train, there's two people from one from each side. They dance down the hallway of people all the way down until they become now the bottom of the line. <laughs> And then the people at the top dance down. It's like this never-ending cycle of like dancing and creating a, a a tunnel of dance, a tunnel of dance. It's a soul train. And um, shit, I love it. I love it so much. And it finally happened. And it happened organically. It didn't. Everything happened organically this weekend. And like no force, like the tower was on our side. All of these dreams I've been programming into my psyche, into myself, they're just kind of manifesting. So we soul trained, we danced, and then we ended up playing some games. We played a game where Everyone had a piece of paper and a pencil. You wrote down a question. The sillier, the better. The more personal, the better. The more raunchy, the better. We gave the, we gave the papers back to someone who was collecting, and then they dispersed the papers back out. Now you had a paper with a question on it, and you wrote an answer to that question. You gave the papers back again, and then the papers were redistributed. Now... Someone, we're in a circle of eight people, nine people. Someone read their question, and then the person to the left read the answer that was on their paper. So the questions and answers didn't match up, but it created like this silly thing where it'd be like, Where can I masturbate? And then the next person would, would say, like, answer their question, like, Um, in a wheel of cheese. I don't know. It, 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 <laughs> fuck. 
you you see how the game the game could be fun though and it was it was pretty fun there was a few zingers people were making fun of each other you know like why does lisa look like a, a samurai boy and then the question answer would be like something you know this podcast is a little a little scattered and i can feel it and i've drank now and smoked two days in a row after being sober now for months i uh i did indulge in some cannabis and some champagne lots of champagne and a fair amount of cannabis and it was like riding a bike smoking cannabis was like riding a bike it wasn't that difficult to get back into so after we played the game we all came up into this room this room that i'm filming in and it was like 11 p.m. 10 p.m. at this time so the transition into the new year ended up happening in this very room in this room that i've spent so much time in i've put so much prayer into this room i've suffered in this room this past year and just spent so much time in like loving and fighting and going through toils and setting goals and doing art so much in this room so for us to just kind of naturally come up here we sat in a large circle all of a sudden the instruments got busted out we were smoking there was a i put a candle in the center things were just flowing someone gave me sage i lit the sage and like and i didn't feel ashamed or weird about like saging the room like it felt so natural and i know and i noticed that like when i was saging the room people would start to open up there was laughter there was when we were singing people's voices were opening up we went around and people started to pray and share their intentions someone mentioned hey does anyone have intentions for the new year when midnight happened we were in the middle everyone was jamming together not nine or 10 people whatever it was were in this room singing and i've been praying and setting intentions for music bringing music into my life bringing dance bringing song being able to share music with millions of people with with every anyone bringing them joy and awareness and you know the sense of love and for 2021 to start literally start in a music circle like singing unabashed like i really let go improvised and freestyling and exploring my voice low to high and like and being silly you know and it allowing other people to open and then being quiet too so that other people can sing and express themselves and i was playing the djembe you know both quiet and loud and once there's something about falling into a flow and you can really play anything particularly if someone can hold it down what happens in a music circle is if there's someone that can hold down a heartbeat and that could be on the drum oftentimes it's on the drum but in this case we had Mason who held down 
held it down on um, on the guitar a lot. You know, he could play something, a chord progression over and over again without fault and just kind of like hold it down and even add some com- complexity and do the thing, proper musician. And I'm decent on the Darbuka, which is like a, it's like a snary sounding hand drum. And I could really just give myself to the flow. The cannabis helped. The champagne actually helped. The prayer and then the community feeling supported. It helped. So I can hold it down now. We can. I can reinforce the foundation that was being laid down by Mason. And I can reinforce the foundation. And all of a sudden, someone else could in the circle can start to freestyle or improvise or go rock the boat, you know? When the boat, the foundation is... Uh, when the hull is deep and secure, people can rock the boat and it won't tip over. And then I would hold it down. I would hold down a rhythm and all of a sudden, like Mason could go off a little crazy. Um, Mattis, like there was just people who were sharing their voice and it was all so beautiful. And it was silly too. There's just a lot of silliness. Like when we first went around and talked about intentions, like it was almost like childlike and and goofy and like what I noticed about people sharing intentions was, and I said this at the time too, I said, these intentions are, they were all altruistic. They were all very, you know, I want the world to get back on track. Uh, People to find a sense of peace. Loka Samasa Suki no Bhavantu. May all beings be happy and free everywhere. And may my actions contribute to this, this happiness and sense of freedom and it's like, that's great. Yes to that. But I also kind of want to hear and want to share my egoic desires. I want to share my intentions that, like, yeah, that, that'll feed my ego as well as my soul. Like, feed my desires, my personal desires, so that I can truly give, feel in my power, and then give from a place of, of feeling that power. That's what I was called to in that moment. And so I shared like wanting the podcast to grow, this podcast to grow. And I shared my desires to want to make music and to, um, and to share it and, and abundance and prosperity and, in and money and, and sex. And, uh, I, you know, I shared my, my vision to help restore the bison population back to the Great Plains and, which was more altruistic. But my point was I kind of wanted everyone to not just share what they what's nice to share in a group about altruism, but to really embrace yourself too and and to not be afraid to sh- to speak those desires into a group. We can hold you. We can support you in those desires. Like you don't those don't have to be fully personal. You can speak those and there's a power to speaking them in a group. In a group that that can be supportive. And so that helped the group. And it was, you know, look, being in my space, the space that I spend most of my time in, there was a leadership and being coming into my sense of being a man and being a leader. I'm really taking this responsibility seriously. I'm making sure things are are neat and ordered that people who maybe don't have the bravery to speak can cultivate this sense of 
feeling safe so that they can open up. The people that tend to talk a lot or to take up a lot of space, checking them every once in a while. Hey, maybe it's time for a little, not, not publicly shaming them, but if someone's just like dominating the sound space, I'll let it go for a half hour, depending on what they're doing. But, but there, there did come a time where like, Hey, now's the time for a pause. Gentle. And then they got it, you know? And standing firm in this power and uh, taking ownership of this space felt really, really good. And it's not something I would do in other people's spaces unless it was asked of me or unless the moment was ever so. But being in this particular space, hosting um, and stepping into that responsibility fully, it really, really supported me and it really made for a beautiful night where I felt like everyone at least felt their heart or shared their heart at some various point. So I brought in the new year, we brought in the new year singing and laughing and speaking our intentions out loud and, you know, praying a little bit. I, I was lighting cedar and, and sage and blessing myself and blessing the room. And then it just slowly winded down, you know. It winded down. People would leave like kind of one or two at a time. And every time they left, we sang so long, farewell, Avita say adieu, or Avita say goodbye from Sound of Music. And everyone had like a unique exit. And it was, it was just funny and beautiful. Oh, I, feel, I felt very fortunate. I feel very fortunate to have been able to spend that time with those people. And then they slept over. And we had an uh, awesome morning, too. You know, I did say out loud, I'm like, we have breakfast, and then we have jujitsu and dance and contact improv, and then we're sledding, and then we have a Catan, Settlers of Catan tournament, and then we're watching the whole series, um, the trilogy of Lord of the Rings, back to back to back. And then you guys can go. And we did most of those things. We had breakfast, we drank some coffee, and we talked, and we like... Danced even a little bit in the morning. And then we went sledding, yo. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. We went, then we did jujitsu. We went downstairs in the basement. There was four people that trained jujitsu. Uh, one was a woman. She's Grace. She's a blue belt, tough as nails, but so small, so tiny, but scrappy and tough. And she needed me in the face so hard to start. Oy. And then my brother, who's a purple belt, um, but he's coming off an injury, but he, you know, his presence was felt. Uh, Mason, who's a, a white belt, and but has been training a lot and has good body awareness, good strength, and likes to compete. And then Eric, who's who's really new um, to the game, but um, enthusiastic to to learn. And so we all went down to the basement, and. Um, it kind of just turned into like a king. I, I just ended up staying on the mat pretty much the whole time. <laughs> and I fought or I rolled with Grace. I rolled with Eric. Um, me and Eric's match went like just a couple minutes. But Grace and I rolled for like 15 minutes, catch and release style. And... um and I thought we were just all flowing because then Mason comes in and he talks about his arm was injured. So 
I kind of just like play the bottom position and like settle into half guard. I take, I pull half guard. And, uh, but then he, you know, he turned it on. He started smashing me, driving his shoulder into my face. I'm like, okay. I didn't know we were going this hard, but now that I got myself here, it's, now I can't back down. Not in my house, you know. That's funny thing how the ego comes up. It's like the sense of ownership and the sense of like being in this home is vulnerable. Like I have the most to lose, but also it's empowering. Um, it gives me the motivation to go on and to really push myself to like rolling in this house. Or I, I imagine like rolling in your home academy or if you own an academy and that sense of ownership empowering you but also making you feel vulnerable like from that vulnerability comes a place of power actually and energy and so i wasn't gonna lose i wasn't gonna surrender or submit even though he he maintained top position for a long time i was having a hard time getting out because usually in the half guard i've eventually work for that near side underhook and it leads to a uh, leads to a sweep and I couldn't get that near side underhook and I kind of felt stuck. So I had to like force a scramble. I had to give up position to force a scramble. And we forced, I forced two scrambles and got to my feet. He got to his feet. I did a snap down. I was a little frustrated because of how he was driving his shoulder into my face. And because I thought we were going to be taking it easy, he mentioned he was injured. And then he came in strong you know <laughs> pissing me off dude and it pissed me off yeah so we got to our feet and i'm like mm, all right i'm not i'm not i'm staying on top now that's what i that's what i said in my head and i let my emotions kind of get it and i grabbed the back of his head and i had his wrist and i snapped him down and and did a and did basically a collar drag with a foot sweep and brought him to the ground neon belly and i think he reversed it i think he got back on top but i established and i ended up in closed guard which nothing was really going in the closed guard i couldn't we were doing no gi too so i couldn't get my collar sleeve grip which i normally get and so it was kind of inevitable that he was coming out of it so we ended up forcing another scramble but i caught a triangle I caught a triangle, cinched it up, and uh, and we were kind of off the mat. So he says he stopped trying, but I don't know. I had I had the triangle locked up, locked it up, and and forced this forced the submission. So <laughs> so this is like a lot of ego speaking, but this is what's coming up. You know, this is this is part of jujitsu. And I, I think I should keep training with, with him. I like training with Grace and and uh and then even with my brother who even injured, you know, and, and not even going, I'm just like, oh still a little nightmare to to wrestle with him. He's he's just getting really good at re recovering his guard. I, I just I wonder when I will be blessed with the day to uh, to submit my brother again. I just don't know if it's gonna happen.
he's getting good. And, and he has time, he has youth on his side and that strength. So we did jujitsu. And then everyone ended up coming down and like we kind of were dancing and talking. And I was in this jujitsu place. I was, I just gone five rounds in a row with no time limit to submission. So I, I, I like wrestled for like 30 minutes. And then all it's just spontaneously, hey, it's time to sled. Let's go sledding. Everyone puts on their snow pants, their boots, their mittens and all that shit. And we grab the sleds and we walk to the hill, back of the house. My dog's there. And we just start sledding. And it was so fucking fun. Oh, my gosh. There was like... a Snow Snow feels pure, right? The purity of snow, it's it's beautiful white. It covers the whole ground. And I just like reverted. There was a few times like sledding. My brother was there where I just like, I felt like the innocence and childhood of just like wanting to be close to my brother. And like there's snowball fights and I took the sled and it was saucers and I filled it up with snow and dumped it on everyone. And it was only laughs and... And the sledding hill's pretty bomb. It wasn't too fast. It wasn't too slow. It was just, <laughs> it's just so fucking fun. Oh man, such a good time. And when, for those of you who haven't sledded or sledded in a while, you have to walk up the hill every time you go down. So it, we had a proper ass workout, you know, sledding down and walking up a snowy hill, you know, trudging up a hill like 10, 20 times. Um, but also at the same time, not feeling burdened, not feeling the burn in my legs because I was just having so much fun because I was distracted by getting to the top of the hill so I can sled back down. Yeah, it's just, just laughs all around. We hiked back. We ended up taking, doing like this like photo shoot thing where someone had portrait mode on their camera. So we all took these like silly ass photos and, and then we came back and we ate leftovers. We ate leftovers of the ribs and shit. I don't know. What am I doing? I'm recapping the whole weekend. Yeah, this is for me. (laughs) I want to look back at this episode and just remember how special of a time, how fun of a time it was to bring in 2021. And uh, the people that were there that I got to share time with. And yeah, then it just kind of winded down. Ate some food, gathered around the couch, and kind of took naps and stuff. And then they left. And then they left. And I finished the champagne that was already opened and we watched Phantom of the Opera and I cried. Tears of joy. Because it was more music. For those of you who haven't seen Phantom of the Opera, the Phantom of the Opera is the angel of music according to Christine, who's the heroess, the heroine of the story. And, um, and it's very musical based, so it's like, Okay, 2021 is still in effect. Music is still on the front of this year. I I will carry this with me for the rest of the year. 
this dedication to music, this dedication to singing and and learning guitar and learning my learning this craft and so eventually I can, you know, share. Oh, yeah. Wow. So what a good, what a good time. What a good way to bring in the new year. I'm really looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to continuing to create these podcasts and share myself and share this content. And uh, thank you to everyone who came over and shared their new years with me. I can't wait to see you all again. And thank you for everyone listening. I hope you found this enjoyable in a sense. I hope you hear my joy and uh, it inspires you to feel your own joy. That's that's what I hope and pray uh, for you. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And uh, this has been The Good Wind. <laughs>